Is there anyone in this route with authority to watch movies with me? Are you throwing it to me? Yes. Hi, it's me, Autumn. I, 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 don't, I don't know the movies. I don't know what this is a reference to. We stand to. here at the gates of Mordor Movie Night. <laughs> and I am the mouth of Mordor Movies. I feel like introduce everybody I'm, else. I'm Nora. I'm joined by Jackson. Hello, Autumn. Hi, and M. I feel like if you're, you're the mouth of Sauron during the movie, I'm going to tell you to shut the fuck up. It's movie time. <laughs> <laughs> the mouth of Sauron was my favorite guy. We know this. I've talked about this. Yes. We are. We're back. We're back. A dinosaur story. We haven't done this in a long time. Is the mouth of Sauron the, like, glup shitto of Lord of the Rings? <laughs> He's my glup shitto. <laughs> I feel like Tom Bombadil's the glup shitto of Lord of the Rings. At least in, like, the popular conception. Yeah, fair Lord... enough. Because he's, like, weird guy I... that wasn't in the movies, right? So he has, like, a fandom cred to knowing who Tom Bombadil is. I have a... Can I have a, just a small take about Star Wars real quick? I do want to point out that the Mouth of Sauron is only really in the extended edition of Return of the King, so I, I do true. think he has uh, stolen valor on this. You could you could argue that it's fucking um, Brat from Flight of the Concords is the glub shadow of Lord of the Figwit? Rings. Oh, Figwit? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, the thing about that is that I was heartbroken when the movie came out that he wasn't in the movie, and then I was so overjoyed that he showed up in the extended edition, and when I saw it, I was like, oh, eh, okay. He kind of died instantly and looked kind of weird, but I guess it's cool that he was there. The makeup is very mm. cool. I, I love the Mouth of Sauron makeup. I think it's neat. It's cool. Um, okay, you have uh, 30 seconds to give your... Star I just think Keith Gergo is a weird name. I just think Who? Keith Gergo is the most glup shitto name they've ever Who's come up Keith with. Who's Keith Gergo? Keith Gergo? Keith Gergo is was an inmate at the uh, Narkina. Yeah, Keith Gergo is um, Cassian Andor's like alias that he uses. Oh right, he yeah. does say when he's yeah. in- uh, And so, I, every time someone says Keith Gergo, I had to like belly laugh. I, I googled it and I got a Polygon article titled "The Legacy of Glup Shido Lives On in Andor's Keith Gergo." So you're and playing 30, right no! Gergo. <laughs> and thirty seconds is up. <laughs> no. <laughs> Live with that one. <laughs> we are here to talk about the what year? Nineteen seventy-seven. The Hobbit. Uh, the animated film, Rankin and Bass film. Yes. Yeah, the Rankin and Bass movie. TV movie, I guess. Yeah, it was a TV special. TV special. You can tell because they cut to commercial a few times in this movie. <laughs> yes. Yes. We watched two TV movies today. Um, this is also the period where Rankin Bass is working with Topcraft, who are a uh, 1970s anime anime studio uh, made by former Toei producer Toruhara. Um, Topcraft mostly known for imploding dramatically in the 80s and spinning out multiple studios, the big ones, which are Studio Ghibli and Studio Pero, um, who just fucking nail it. I was um, I was looking at the end because the start has a lot of the American um, production credits. Yes. But at the end, you see like the Japanese names, and I was like looking, like, is there a Takahata in there? Is there a Miyazaki? No, I didn't see any. No, no, no. Um, but so where shall we start with the Hobbit? Um, I thought this was quite fun. Yeah, yeah, I thought this was a really good adaptation of the book. Yes, I think it did a really good job of not just, like, getting all of the important points across, but knowing what things to change. And there were little changes, like Bilbo telling that bird to tell Bard where the weak point on Smog's mm-hmm. like, chest is, which is fun. Uh, it just kind of, like, spells out things with dialogue mm-hmm. that weren't di- wasn't dialogue in the mm-hmm. book. Which makes sense if you got a bunch of kids watching this on TV. Yeah. Um, and the beginning, they streamlined the opening in a way that made it really fun and uh, and breezy. Yeah. Uh, Jackson, what are your like overall thoughts on the movie? Uh, I quite I, I liked it. I thought it was okay. I wasn't like bowled over or anything. It's definitely very slight. Um, mm-hmm. It's not like adding much to the story, but uh, I thought all the animation was cool and the vision of uh, Middle Earth before like i guess before the movies but i really mean even before uh 
a just certain fantasy aesthetic takes hold in culture. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Sort which, of the Excalibur of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yes. But it's just like a <laughs> kind of weird, uh, like, fantasy, the kids' book, storybook approach, right? Like, it doesn't have yeah. any of the, um, uh, like, epicness, I guess, for want of a better word, aesthetically, that will come to define... Uh, like all fantasy cult like culturally and then especially lord of the rings movies which then go on to define every other subsequent like mass fantasy project right um, nobody is cool in this movie no one's cool even gandalf's fucking weird they make gandalf weirder and more of a little <laughs> shit in this film which i love because gandalf's <laughs> such a little shit there's the bit where he's um he gives built by the map and Thorin's like, that's my dad's map that you should have given it to me. Like, I, it is mine by right. Excuse me. I'm his son. And he's like, oh, I was just, you know, d- d- holding on to it for an opportune time. And then he, like, Bilbo, he gives Bilbo the map. And Bilbo starts deciphering it. And he's like, oh, there must be a secret passage here. And then Gandalf goes, you're right. And here's the key, which I had the whole time. I'm like, Gandalf, <laughs> you fucking, oh my God. Um, <laughs> and they just like really accentuate how much of a shit starter Gandalf is. Yeah. yeah, he shows up from minute one like, you are going to go on an adventure. It's it's funny, um, there's, and I realize we haven't asked M what they thought of the movie, but just real quick, it's funny, a lot of this movie doesn't just, like, take lines from the book, like, a lot of it is, like, doing new things, um, like, as far as dialogue goes, but the one line that is just straight out of the book is, I am Gandalf, and Gandalf means me! <laughs> Which is a great if you're gonna take one thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really enjoy it. I really enjoyed that. Um Em, how about you? How did you how did this movie hit you? So I've seen this before. Um because mm-hmm. I watched all of these before. Um I think this movie is great. Uh I think there's like a whimsical quality to 70s fantasy stuff, especially in animation like this. Um that just has the air of like you said it was uncool, but there's just like a an element that's like I'm not even beholden to ideas of what is cool and what is not like, there's nothing, there's nothing focus tested, right? Like all the dwarves look like fucking thumbs with beards. And then, uh, Elrond shows up and he's got like a halo of lights and he's also a guy with a weird beard. And it's like, everything is just kind of like the art style just gets to shine through in a way that's, uh, fun. Um, and feels different from how things would be perceived as like, you're going to draw dwarves, you're going to draw hobbits, whatever. I think the voice cast is incredible. Um, so partially it's like the part of it's from 1977. It's a TV thing. So like uh, mm-hmm. Orson Bean is Bill Baggins is like a famous comedian of the era. He's on like game shows and Johnny Carson all the time. He's like, he was on Johnny Carson like 200 times, like very famous guy. Um, mm-hmm. So he, even in 77, he's like a known comedian doing Bilbo. And then you've got uh, John Houston as Gandalf and, I love this. It's Gandalf. fucking great, dude. It's so good. This Gandalf is exceptional. Um, yeah, I love yeah. it. I think I think it stands like close to McKellen's Gandalf as like what I think of when I think of Gandalf. I really like it a lot. Um, there's just sort of like a weird authority to it where like you're gonna you're gonna obey him, but also you don't trust him. That I don't. I think Ian McKellen's Gandalf is very warm and trustworthy in a way that I like. This one is not. I, this Gandalf mm-hmm. is definitely a guy here. Like, did he just abandon us in the fucking woods? Are you kidding me? <laughs> and I would never think that about Ian McCallum Gandalf, right? Like, I'd be like, oh, he's got a purpose. He's gonna, I'm going to trust him. I'm going to follow him into hell. Um, and um, there's a stuff in this movie. I think it being a musical is like really charming. I like all the songs. I think the songs are all really good and breezy. I think the bit with the goblins in the dark is like just incredible. Where they just start so like appe- like the goblins are deduced in like flat like still flashes in the night as in the dark of the caves they appear and they look like fucking moblins from Legend of Zelda and I just think it's electric in that moment I think that stuff's good I think the Gollum stuff works really well um, that vision of Gollum is so different from like what you have to do when you yeah. start adapting Lord of the Rings but I do like the way he is just like hamming it up and like he's he's yelling these riddles like it's like life or death struggle. Um, all that stuff means that when you get to the mountain, um, and I think this is true of the book also, I'm just kind of done. I'm like, yeah, I had a whole adventure. I don't need to do any of this. I don't care about any of this. <laughs> and I think the smog <laughs> stuff is like much weaker for it. Um, and that's just true generally. Um, and the Battle of Five Armies is like the Battle of Three Minutes. They don't even get to five minutes. That's how slight it is. Um, and who cares? But like, that's how I feel about the book too. So uh, I really like this movie. I think it's great. 
They, they turned the Battle thought, of Five I Armies. I thought the smog stuff was done well. Sorry, Jackson. Also, they, they turned the Battle of Five Armies into like a joke. Yes. About like yes. the shifting alliances of yes. kings in Middle Earth. And Bill was watching yes. them like go from, we're at each other's throats to, oh, the goblins show up. We have always been best friends. Uh, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> I guess I don't understand these uh, like noblemen and their wars. <laughs> Yes, uh, they get fucking Otto Preminger in there as uh, it's so Randuil is like a weird little like he also looks like a goblin, but he's he's the Elven King. <laughs> we as soon as the Wood Elves showed up, and yes. Nora and I turned to each other, and we're like, imagine if Orlando Bloom looked like this. <laughs> <laughs> it would be incredible. Imagine if Orlando Bloom had four foot legs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had seen. Never, never sat down and watched this, but this was on Cartoon Network um, when I was a kid um, a good amount. And so especially the wood elves and the spiders, I remembered from being a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and how did the spiders hit you this time? They're goofy little goober guys. I'll get back to them in a second. Um, there's um, <clears throat> what was I going to say? Oh, so I when I was a kid, I found the art style of this movie so off putting because I do think that. Bilbo looks like a wretched little stink man in this movie. He does, um, yes, that's correct. <laughs> but as it as it goes on and you see more like monsters, I feel like the the art style shines through more and depicting like um the trolls and the goblins and the spiders. Um and so uh and then also like the men just look normal, um <laughs> which is interesting. Um and it made me, I made me appreciate the art style a lot more watching it end to end in a way that I'd simply never done before. Yeah, I just, um, there aren't that many movies that look like 70s illustration art style like this, the way you'd want. Yeah, I because thought, I thought, um, often the, often the movies that, looked like book covers to yeah, me. Yeah, often the movies that are made in this era are very cheap. And this is like, this is a made for TV movie. They didn't have a huge budget, but it looks, it looks nice for like the scope of mm-hmm. what it is. Um, and so it just kind of stands apart as like this really singular fantasy vision that you just don't see rendered this well in this era. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And the 80s just wash this away because everyone's got things got to look like a toy. Like they're not selling toys of Bilbo Baggins, right? <laughs> right. Um, yeah, just like the, um, <clears throat> It's the most random thing to notice, but, um, like, there's, like, cross-hatching to render, like, Smog's teeth or, like, Bilbo's plates that just feels like... It reminded me a lot of the the Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh from the same year, Mm -hmm. and it... it, Yeah, like, by the 80s, like, that's sort of, like, you can see the... You can see the, um... The scene, like you can see the how it is a drawing, kind of like gets washed out in favor of like very toyetic uh, animation all through the eighties in mm-hmm. the U.S. And uh, I think that's you can still see that here. Like you get to uh, the, like the Merkwood spiders. The Merkwood spiders are indistinguishable from like a like a um, Don Bluth villain in like uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven or something. <laughs> they just have this like goofy quality to them that's so outside of the rest of the movie to me. I love the way they die. Yeah, <laughs> they just turn into kaleidoscopes and disappear. Uh yeah, yeah, that stuff's great. Um, yeah, I mean, like you know, this movie is like very slight. Uh, it's good. Remembering that the Hobbit is a children's book that you can read in an afternoon is important. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, the songs go a long way for for giving that tone of like this is a fairy tale, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. This is not Lord of the Rings. This is not an epic. This is there and back again. When we got forty, what is it, thirty seven minutes in? Yeah, we we timed it. Thirty seven minutes into this movie is the end of the first Jackson Hobbit film, <laughs> and we were like, oh, you know what would make this scene better is if they played the Nazgul theme for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> still How did, five weeks to change your mind about appearing on that one M. no I don't think I don't think it will do anything to sway me um, outside of the vocal songs did anyone have any thoughts about the other music in the film um I thought I thought it was really well done in general um it was charming I, I didn't have any like oh this was the standout song for me um I just I I liked the the tone of it in general. I oh. guess it's interesting. Um, it seemed like they added a lot more vocal songs than were in 
yeah. the Hobbit. Like there, there are a couple of those that are from the Hobbit. Yes. Mm-hmm. But then they also tried to write someone that like kind of fit in, and I think they mostly did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because the, the there's so much uh, redaction happening in terms of like chaining all those sequences together because they get all most of the shit in right like bjorn's not here but everything else is basically intact um and uh it's kind of remarkable how much they get that done um but i didn't even notice that bjorn's not just it does mean that you they basically i thought they were gonna like skip rivendell because the whole bit where they're like oh that's rivendell we must be off and i was like oh we're not even gonna see elrond that's weird but then they do show up because they need elrond to point to the map and go look at those look at those runes those are runes yeah (laughs) um yeah, I mean, the, the thing for me was realizing that not only do they fit everything in and somehow condense it to, like, 87 minutes, um, or is it 77 minutes? I forget how exactly what it is. Uh, is it one 117? It's an hour 17, yeah. 117, yeah, it's, like, real short. Um, mm. uh, but, like, they reconfigure most of the little scenes. Like, when they do add dialogue, it is to create the illusion of, like, the burglary plot being the plot of The Hobbit, which it, it is technically, but, like, <laughs> it's not in the way this movie would have you believe. Like, it, when it emphasizes things from scenes, it emphasizes, like, Bilbo noticing burglary things uh, and building up, like, s- setting up things about the way they're going to break into the mountain. Like, it, like, is all built around making it feel like one cohesive narrative in a way uh, that is very smart for, like, a you know, movie for kids on TV in the afternoon. Yeah, um, it's it's funny um, the way that they like they show Bilbo like scouting out. OK, there's the barrels and then they kick the barrels down the river. OK, and then they do not show Bilbo getting the dwarves into the barrels. You get it. He has an invisible ring. Let's keep it moving. You know, one of the other things I like about this is um, instead of trying to solve the problem of how do you give 13 dwarves personalities? They just do not. They're like, no, there's 13 these motherfuckers. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> I think one they- guy voiced like. 11 yes but also it's like uh they two different times thorn is like our lookout just found a just spotted something it's like okay that is a guy with a name but it's not really important we introduced them all one time and that's fine yeah you didn't have to say gloin spotted them you just said you know um i the the um I really li- I really liked the scene of um Bilbo um talking to Smog and taunting him. I thought that was really well done. Um I enjoyed It's um, so swaggy that he takes off the ring and shows him the cup before running away. Yeah. <laughs> um I I just I thought that whole I thought that whole scene was um done pretty well. And then after that it feels like okay, we got to wrap this up. Cut all that stuff with the Arkenstone. No one cares. <laughs> Oh, that's true. No one does care about the Arkenstone ever. <laughs> it's enough to just be fighting over the gold. Yeah. Mm. Honestly. They do. It, it, yeah, it, it is. I guess it's one of the big things they cut. Imagine if that was uh, 90 full minutes of a, of a movie. I don't know. <laughs> what, if, what if in a movie where you still have the one ring, but you can't tell anyone it's the one ring, you just make a fake one ring for everyone to fight over? Uh, <laughs> sounds like a really boring movie to watch in 2014. Uh, <laughs> we did a... We did a little cinema sins ding at the end when um, Gandalf was like, "If you knew the full story of that ring, you I love know it. You're still- <laughs> can't, they can't help Gandalf but get their know shit any in. of that shit. It, it's extremely uh, the bit where they tell Legolas in the Hobbit movies, "Oh, go go seek the, the, the one of the Dunedain," and you're like, "I know who that is." And then they play the Fellowship <laughs> music sting, and you're like, "God damn it, stop it! This is too much." And then you're like, "Wait a second, Aragorn's eleven right now. Make any goddamn sense." <laughs> Um, Gandalf, when like uh, Bilbo gets the ring, Bilbo's like, "I, I just, I did it with my burglary, burglary skills." Um, <laughs> right and then Gandalf's like, "Oh, that story's rings true. It has the ring of truth of it. Looks like that enemy got to the point." Uh, <laughs> and it's so. Bilbo's like, "Oh fuck! Oh no! How does he know? How does he know?" Gandalf's such a well, shit. Nora, Nora was telling me something at the time, so she missed that he also winks. Yes. During that I, I yes. Heard okay. <laughs> I heard the wink. It's really funny. <laughs> Well, you know what? So far, we're off to a great start. Yeah, yeah. This movie's this movie's great. Uh, I like it a lot. I think the music's really good and the effects really good. Uh, couldn't recommend it enough. Yeah, 
I'm, I'm really nervous about the next two because I remember also seeing them on Cartoon Network and thinking less of them, but, like, I, I have no I, idea. It's all I kind have of never, one thing in my head. I've never seen Lord of the Rings. I have seen this and Return of the King multiple times. We, we got them from Blockbuster. Uh, and I have a lot of fondness for the Return of the King because it is also uh, a musical like this. Yeah, Return of the King is these people because uh, Bakshi beefs yes. it so hard, they bring this group back to make Return of the King. Um. I didn't yes. realize those were like completely unrelated productions. Yes. Yeah. According to Wikipedia, like the, the Lord of the Rings was being developed separately so that it could come out like in 78 so that it could come out pretty quick. Yes. But then, yeah. No one liked the, the second one. And so they, um, uh, apparently, apparently like Rankin and Bass were always just working on return of the King. Like apparently they always just planned that movie to be the sequel to this movie, which is an interesting approach. I guess there's like a framing device in that movie. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. All the, all the, uh, cast that would overlap overlaps. I think, um, other than I think Gollum's different. I don't actually remember. I wish they got Otto Preminger back, dude. <laughs> I, I love random German elf King. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, this is fun. Uh, I uh, I'm looking forward to more of this, and then eventually we just get to watch some real bangers. Um, I will I will tell you just as a gift to you, um, you do get Roddy McDowell as Samwise Gamgee in Return. Oh of hell King. yeah, dude! <laughs> who's, who's that? Um, I'm trying to think. I know the name. I can picture his face. How do you describe Roddy McDowell? He he's he's the like he's Caesar in the Planet of the Apes movies, um, yes, and Cornelius. Yes. He's like. He's just a famous B movie actor of the seventies and eighties. He's in Fright Night. He's the TV host. If you've seen, I Fright didn't Night. know because Nora and I just need to do the seventies Planet of the Apes movies for Pardon My Franchise. Oh, there's some Yo! fucking here. There's some of my favorite that. movies. Well, that's on the docket. But I didn't know that John Huston plays the Lawgiver. That's fucking sick. Yes. I'm fucking hyped for that. That Planet of the Apes is not a good touchstone for any actor other than Charlton Heston. Because they're all fucking wearing masks. The thing about Roddy McDowell <laughs> is what... uh, he's so good in Planet of the Apes that even under the mask, I can spot Roddy McDowell yeah. from anywhere. Yes. He's so no, good. He is fantastic in those movies. It's kind of crazy how good he is. Uh, also, here's a picture. Why is Roddy McDowell's uh, Wikipedia photos specifically make him look like John Darnielle, though? <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of what you would have seen him in, Nora. Um <laughs> <laughs> I love this why is he looking why is he look so hot why is he thotting out in that picture of him in the ape makeup uh Roddy McDowell uh was showing up to set on the planet of the apes thotting out what do you want looks like he was in the thief uh, or sorry uh, uh, the cat from outer space yeah he's in a lot of stuff um, um yeah there are a lot of movies here. Fright Night yeah, Fright Night um, is the, the one I think of all the time. Other than oh, okay. Yeah, no. I remember. I've seen Bugs Life. That's <laughs> well, it. That, that doesn't really count. I don't know who Mr. Soil is in Bugs Life. I don't know who that is either. I think that's the ringleader of the circus. Uh, sure. That that would be a Roddy McDowell role if you needed one. Oh, I, I saw Batman and I was like, he's in the animated series. And then I realized it was 66. Yes. Uh, he is in some uh, Darkwing Duck. Oh, he's the Legend of Prince. Oh, Valiant. right. He's he's the Mad Hatter. God, we can't get away from the Mad Hatter, huh? Oh, this Mad Hatter <laughs> looks ridiculous. I assume this one's not a creepo rapist. So, well, he's also creepo racist rapist Mad Hatter. Oh, okay. Oh, Did right, right, right. He's Mad Hatter in um, right in our I'm, Batman. Yeah, I'm scrolling down. Is the Mad Hatter in one episode of Superman the Animated Series? They're so hooked on this MF I that they bring yeah. him back for Superman. Man, fuck the... I hate the DCAU, actually. No, it's good. We just need to get out from under this stuff. It'll be fine. Yeah. You just need to get to Superman and we'll be happy. Um, I'm holding this against you. When you get to Superman, it's also weird and mixed. And <laughs> Whatever. If I watch Superman and hate it, I'll read the comics. I should have just been reading the comics for Batman too, because the the comics. I I think I've gone from the comics of Batman are like a nice compliment to the show to maybe the comics are just better than the show. <laughs> uh, the thing is, I don't I don't want to do a comics podcast. I want to yeah, I want to watch some cartoons and come in and talk about them. That's fair. Um, I gotta Batman. watch those two episodes still. Yeah, well, you have another week because we're not recording. I have another week. 
So, could um, Batman have stolen the uh, Arkenstone? Yes, if he had time to easily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, um, power scaler guys are so funny. They're so funny to me. <laughs> We watched fucking Highlander 4 and they introduced power levels. Yeah, they were like, well, Connor McCloud has killed 270 immortals and Duncan McCloud has killed 160 immortals, but the bad guy in this movie has killed 661. <laughs> um, that sounds like cinema to me. <laughs> it, was the, it was the fucking cinema. Highlander 4 is great, dude. You don't need the others, honestly. You can just watch that you one. You can just watch Highlander 4. Because I bet I wouldn't let... Like, I think about Highlander and the way people talk about it, and I just assume it's bad. It just looks terrible from a distance. It has the kind of, like, 80s culture cachet of things I also think sucks. So I've always dismissed it. But you being like, no, the fucking fourth Highlander sequel, that's, well, that's, <laughs> that's where it is. This is, this, is the, this is the reason I was like, yeah, this is a good idea. Because sometimes <laughs> things sneak up on you. You're like, man, no, this hey, one way after everyone stopped did- caring. Who did we get jump scared by in Highlander 4 when he took off his helmet? Donnie Yen. Donnie Yen. Oh, holy shit. Donnie Yen is in Highlander 4? Okay, a a motorcycle ninja rides into the movie. He starts kicking a bunch of ass, and then he takes off the helmet, and it's Donnie Yen under there. And we're like, oh, shit. And then I'm looking on Wikipedia. Donnie Yen did the fight choreography for this movie, and that's why it's great. I didn't realize this movie was from 2000. That explains a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Highlander 4, very good. Uh, Highlander 1, worth watching. Kind of a it's weird okay. mess. Yeah. Um, Highlander 2, Nora and I really enjoyed. I don't know that I can like recommend it because I think it's like a profoundly stupid movie, but we got a lot out of it. As if Highlander 4 is not a profoundly stupid movie. Highlander 4, a much more accessible, profoundly, a much more competently made, profoundly yes. stupid movie. It is movie. the first movie from the Highlander series I would call competently made from minute one to <laughs> last minute. Yeah. <laughs> Highlander 2, very good movie that just sort of uh, stops. <laughs> yeah. And also it was uh, unfairly mutilated twice. Yeah. <laughs> Um, um, that's good. And the less said about Highlander three, the better. Yeah. What are What are the other um, ones you've got coming up? Now you got Planet of the Apes. We're gonna do so. Our next season is gonna be um, the two thousands Dungeon and Dragon movies, and oh, then we'll God. probably watch the new one that's coming out. Well, that's Presumably, that's like on home video. We're not gonna go to theaters for that. That's gonna be fucking bad. That's got a new Ball movie in there. That's gonna be bad. Oh right. Oh, I forgot. There's a new Ball movie in there. But um. That'll be interesting, and then I don't think we've planned past D and D. I just wanted to watch that Chris Pine one. Oh, that reminded me. Um, oh, Mummy. We were gonna do Mummy. We were gonna do Mummy. Where um, do you? Where? What counts? Where? Like, how far back are you going? The, the well, there there are basically three seasons of Mummy. You either do <laughs> the the uh, old Universal Mummy series, yes, or you do the, I guess. 2000s mummy yeah. series yeah but there's like mummy mummy 2 and then there's scorpion king well and then there's like six scorpion kings and tomb of the dragon yeah. exactly. emperor, emperor well there um, so yeah. there are six classic universal movies and then there's the hammer horror mummies um and then there's oh, the right. 90s into the aughts mummies which then yeah. spins off to a the- scorpion king sub uh franchise yeah, and we're probably going to break up stuff like that just so that, like, we're not watching 12 Mummy movies. We're watching, like, you know, a much more reasonable Six. number. Six. Um, but we will do Scorpion King on its own after we've seen, at some point after we've seen the 90s Mummy. That, that makes sense. Um, I remember thinking the Scorpion King film was mid, but in a way where I found it very watchable. Uh, they recast the Scorpion King, I think, in every movie. Oh, good. That's great. That's that's good actually. <laughs> oh, another one we were talking about doing was the uh, Atlas Shrugged trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> oh. You know, you already did that. You movies. did that. You can't go back for more. You did no, those. Nora already, has Nora. seen them all, but we haven't podcast about them. I haven't I, seen them. I was listening. You podcasted about them, Nora. <laughs> <laughs> you spoke about the Atlas Shrugged movies at length on a podcast. I'm here to recommend you not do this. <laughs> um, speaking of. Going back to the Hobbit a little bit, um, we we spotted um, Fire and Ice, a um, a like Rankin Bass uh, nineteen eighty one movie. I wanted to say, 
that um is like has like character design from Frank Frazetta and is written by like Jerry Conway and Roy Thomas, um, who are like two uh Conan comics writers. Um we're gonna fucking watch Fire and Ice at some point. That's a Nora and Autumn movie right we there. We should watch Dragon's Fire and Ice too. What's Dragon's Fire and Ice? Do you know Mega Blocks? No. Mega Blocks the like fake Lego? Okay. <laughs> so they had um a line of uh dragons sets that were like fantasy shit and they made this cgi movie called dragons fire and ice oh this looks dreadful oh yeah this looks miserable (laughs) Uh, do we have to watch that oh well i mean i guess we don't have to (laughs) but uh i just it's noracore i watched this many times this is noracore uh yeah well what do you want me to say We've gone so far afield all of a sudden. Um, oh, speaking of Dungeons and Dragons, the main villain of Highlander 4 is uh, one of the main villains in the D&D movie. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's another thing for that I'm excited about. Yeah, seems great. Uh, I know we typically would end Bag End with uh, meandering conversations about bullshit, Uh does anyone else have any bullshit to bring to the table, or shall I <laughs> wrap this one up? I think we any could. Any to the North Star thoughts? Oh, my <laughs> my actual question is: Are we coming back next week, or are we doing this every two? Because we had not discussed. I was this. thinking like at least every two weeks. I think two weeks is fair. I like two weeks. Yeah, especially I wouldn't mind doing these short animated ones weekly, but like once we have to watch I'd... three hours of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Yeah, like, I need the opportunity to say, hey, Nora, we're at the halfway point. Can, like, we take a break and come at this again tomorrow or something? No, sit down. (laughs) We're going to watch all three hours and 36 minutes of this film. We're watching extended editions, right? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Okay, Okay, cool. (laughs) I just wanted to double check. I just wanted to, you know. Who watches the theatrical editions on purpose? I have only seen Fellowship, so I assume that the, the... extended were like definitive but i didn't yes like, know that i think so. they i think they are in- extremely better films across the board Ex- you know i don't know about return of the king the other two definitely would vouch for i've seen i've seen fellowship and then i saw the end of return of the king on tv one time when i was like 13 i'm very curious no younger than that because i remember the tv i watched it on and that tv did not exist when i was 13 so i i, I remember being very um yeah, I liked it at the time, but every time I revisit Return of the King, I'm like, I'm not sure about this one. It's got I'm, moments, but ooh. I'm very curious how I'm going to feel. My like outsider looking in, it feels like a Battle Rages movie. <laughs> oh, it's extremely a Battle Rages movie. That battle is raging for over 90 minutes. Yeah. Um, But I, I'm I'm very curious how I'm going to feel, because I've always like thought Fellowship of the Ring is a legitimately perfect movie. You cannot beat Fellowship of the Ring. One of the great films. Uh, and I don't think that about Two Towers or especially Return of the King. But I've also always watched them like in uh, Let's Go. Fucking today we're watching Lord of the Rings for nine yeah, hours. That's too much. Um, <laughs> my <laughs> thing is I I think Fellowship come I think it's the strongest theatrical versions. Um if you were going to watch those, which we're not. Um I think it all works. I think extended edition's great. I think Two Towers is most improved by the extended edition. Um, because it slows the fuck down and uh I think there's like really good stuff in there. And then Return of the King is like just they've been making this movie for four years and the wheels are falling off and you can just kind of feel it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, the Return of the King is all... First of all, it's just all battle. Second of all, all the best stuff in the Return of the King book isn't really in the movie, so... I spent, like, two weeks um, just re-watching all three of those films with the, like... They each have, like, four or five different commentary tracks on the DVD sets yeah. I had. Pre, pre, so I just, pre-ubiquitous YouTube, I would fall asleep to those. <laughs> That checks out. I just I just listened to all of them and it yeah. was just I, I was really into DVD commentaries for a while there. Yeah, me, me too. too. Me too. Yeah. Maybe I'll uh, check some. YouTube obliterated my uh just put on a commentary because I need noise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now you can learn about some stuff you'll forget in three days, but you'll be really interested in whatever uh, like inane thing. If is you happening. want a supercut of Alan Lee talking about his design documents in Lord of the Rings ASMR, someone has put that together. That man just has an ASMR <laughs> voice to begin with. Uh, just him talking about all his time working on the movies. It's great. It's like a nine-hour video. And I, I have not seen the extended editions of The Hobbit because obviously I saw those movies oh. one time. 
Yeah, I saw them one they time. They extended editions of those? High frame yeah, rate in the theaters, 3D, and uh, I was like, oh. hmm. We agreed that we would turn on our motion scaling on our TV. For we the did Hobbit. not agree to that. Don't do so that. that we could it's simulate not the same thing. It's not the same thing. I specifically said that's a terrible idea. And, but then you said, oh, maybe. No, I didn't. <laughs> they didn't release 48 frames on the Blu rays, right? Like, I can't go find copies. I have no idea. Actually, to the best of my knowledge, you can that. go find copies of like Gemini Man. Yeah, you can 60, get Gemini but... Man. But to my knowledge, you cannot get um, Hobbit in 48 on home video. Because uh, that was the one part I did like. I did, I did like the high frame rate stuff. I, I mean, that's an ugly ass movie, so it's it's not really great there in any in any form. Um, but um, I do like the high frame rate stuff in general. I'm not a, against it. Uh, I just found a thing that said that the Blu-rays specifically do not include the yeah uh, extra the funny it's, vision version it's weird how there's like a little cottage industry of people who will tell you features on blu-rays because like the actual people selling the blu-rays are so bad at telling you what's on the damn things yes yep. you know that you have to go to like blu-ray.com or whatever to find out does this have the commentary track or whatever like uh, often it doesn't it's hard to get commentary track these days because no one listens to them because again youtube so um but I, I've I've only, I've listened to like a bit of some of the Lord of the Rings commentary stuff. But I haven't gone that far. Uh, mm-hmm. I was all in. You're all in. I was all in in 2002, three, and four. Yes. Well, I mean, like, I can't. I don't watch them at the time because I was dumb. I guess I don't, I have no idea why. I think which is my anti fantasy bias because uh, mm-hmm. I was watching Star my, Wars when they were coming out. My biggest memory of the DVD of lord of the rings is that we went to walmart to get like groceries that night and uh we picked up the big four disc fellowship DVD set but i don't know what i did but i acted up or did something to get in trouble at the store Mm -hmm. and they were and my parents were like okay we can still watch the movie when we get home if you get a spanking. That's so weird. <laughs> and so I went through with that so that I could watch Fellowship of the Ring extra long version and probably stay up far too late. What I'd love to do is not just hand out really arbitrary, rude punishments to my child, <laughs> but like turn them into transactions. <laughs> I'd love to remove all like disciplinary uh, apparatus uh, of the uh, discomfort I cause my kid and turn that into like purchases for movies. Stupid. Roasting your parents for this. <laughs> well, I guess that's, uh, that's it for The Hobbit. The Hobbit? Mm-hmm. Oi! I'm the Hobbit. He doesn't. I'm no. Hobbins. No British accents in this movie. No. Yeah. Yeah. Star Wars hadn't come out and defined a Britishness in American cinema yet. Star Wars didn't do it. I know. I know. <laughs> no British accents in this movie. We used to be a real country. <laughs> I do think that there is something to be said for like, you know. Fantasy stuff is so deeply ingrained with someone doing British bad British accent voice, which, to be clear, mm. deeply love. Excalibur, mm. one of the greats. Um, <laughs> which wound was it? It was the old wound. It was the old oh. wounds. <laughs> uh, but it is also nice just to see them not even bother. Uh, American hobbits this is just so funny to me because they completely cut out like all of the wider satire stuff about the hobbits. Right, you only see Bilbo. Yeah. You don't see like the things he's running away from. It's not about how, like, the the contract stuff isn't an extended bit about the weird niceties of Hobbit culture. Um, and Yeah, uh, this yeah. this movie is so much more just, like, Hobbits are just kindly folk who... Just little uh, guys. Yeah. The, it, Thorin dies being, like, I wish I was more like a Hobbit, which feels weirdly true to, like, what Tolkien was getting at, even if you've totally, like, uh, <laughs> like... Totally uprooted parts of the Tolkien's version of the story to get there. <laughs> yeah, like no one says um, "took" in this movie, right? Like, yeah, uh, there are no Sackville Bagginses. In no, this movie. there's no Sackville Bagginses. 
I don't think there are there Sackville Baggins in in The Hobbit. I don't think no, so. I don't think so. Yeah. That's but there are people that. like that. Like uh, Bilbo is kind of like that at the start of The Hobbit, I guess. You know. Yep. We will return in two weeks' time to talk about The Lord of the Rings. Yeah. From All of it. What year was that? <laughs> 1978. 78. Directed by Ralph Bakshi, as previously discussed. Uh, but um, you would have heard this podcast a week ago if you had been a patron mm-hmm. over at the Export Audio Patreon. Yeah. And for just a dollar a month, you can get early access to many podcasts, including... Ornate Stairwells, Gotham City Limits, Hot Singles, uh, uh, I'm forgetting one and I feel bad, Puton, Pondering Puton. Pardon my franchise. Pardon my franchise. I forgot too. Look at me. Yeah. We can listen to us, our full opinions about Highlander... Endgame. Endgame. Um... I thought it was weird when um, Connor McCloud kills Thanos, but, uh, you know. If it works, it works. It works. There could be only one. Jackson, <laughs> where can people find you online? You can find me at Headfalls Off on Twitter.com and on co-host. You can find the podcast that I do at abnormalmapping.com. A whole bunch of cool podcasts there. I also have an export audio one. We're recording another uh, Anomalous Readings uh, soon. Not right, as some call it. Yeah. No, they don't. Not on, not on air, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> we will be uh, talking about Roadside Picnic. The Zone! Mm. The Zone. Does, does Jackson know what you're picking next? Uh, yes, okay. but they get to pick the next book. Okay. I just, I knew it. I, you told I don't me know what Nora's like, picking next. What's Nora picking next? <laughs> I'm, I'm not telling you. Not on this podcast. She can tell you on, on Anomalous Readings. What I want to know. You, you don't want to know. <laughs> what are you picking next? Oh, do, uh, hang on. No, I, I, do, yeah, you did tell me, didn't you? You did tell me. I hinted, but I hadn't made a formal decision. Is it the one I think you just it is? Yeah. Okay, yeah, whatever, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's M, the, where yeah. can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at EM underscore Bing. I don't do anything else right now until Twitter dies. Um, if you'd like to support me and Jackson's podcast, you can do that at patreon.com slash mapping. We are about slash it's already out to record an episode on... Pretty Woman for Blockbusters at $5. I'm really looking forward to watching that. Never seen it before. Um, if you'd like to hear me bullshit about some nonsense, you can listen to Around Longfire, uh, abnormalmapping.com slash longfire. If you would like to hear me and Neve talk about Gundam, 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 and Chrono Cross. <laughs> <laughs> Many things that you're meant to be talking about me about, but whatever. It's fine. You Neve's have watching fun. four Gundams at once. It's a I'm crime. I'm saying double. Four Gundams. <laughs> um, I talked to, to uh, wait I talk to you about Gundam every goddamn week we do a Gundam podcast everyone knows about it it's been going forever we have to talk about Gundam see Destiny however so I'd rather die than do consider that ever I know I was I'm only noticing you because we have a Chrono Cross podcast that we are to record in three months and you're going to talk about it every single week leading up to that on a different podcast yeah that's fine we'll, we'll out. <laughs> I have a question yeah <laughs> Would it be better if Zavala was there no. in Gundam Seed Destiny? I don't know who that is. That's um, Lance Reddick from Destiny. I yeah. I just want to say, I've known Nia longer than any of you. That girl can talk about Chrono Cross a lot. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> um, I'm just like checking in, seeing where I'm at, going like, oh, th- th- I need hints on this. Or it's a very, it's the stuff that abnormal mapping is not necessarily about when we cover a whole RPG because we got to cover a whole RPG in an hour and a half. Um, so I'm not really worried about it. Mm-hmm. We uh, we made a decision that we wanted to get back to playing a long RPG together, which is Tales of Symphonia. Yeah, yeah. We will figure that out. Demon Fang. Already falling asleep. I must be a genius. Double Demon Fang. (laughs) (laughs) So true. If one sword has the power of a hundred, the two swords would have the power of two hundred. Hey, let me tell you about an anime. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh Everybody watch Sword Art Online. That's my recommendation (laughs) for the week. You want to make a show about a guy with two swords? (laughs) 
I don't know that that's really the core thing about yes, that it is. show. It is no, I, I promise you, thing. as someone who's watched every fucking episode of movie, that is maybe the only core <laughs> thing that matters in Sword <laughs> Online, is that Kirito's the only guy who can use two swords. It's it's really cool, though. It is really cool when he reveals that he can dual wield, because nobody but else can dual wield. He's yeah, revealed it. literally it, is the end of every story arc in every <laughs> season going forward. <laughs> There's an entire story about like the, the gun game, and in that, the reveal at the end is he can use two swords. Like it's it's every time it becomes <laughs> pure comedy. I need to watch more because I have only seen through the first gun season. The only gun there's season. A there's a side gun show that's also very good. Doesn't have Kirito in it. No one's using two swords in that. Is anyone using one sword? No. No, because everyone's like, "Why would you use a sword? It's a gun game." <laughs> <laughs> it's written it's by a like game. a nerd so it's actually about game mechanics yes it's good that, it's, oh, hell yeah. if you want an actual good anime not shit like Sword Online watch uh, Gun Gale uh, Online but Sword Online what if I do want shit like Sword Online well then, then Sword Online continues to be put out there was a new movie that aired in America just like two months ago it'll be out on They're Blu-ray still next year Sword Art? yes yeah. oh my god the thing is that I know it's popular but I don't like know that it's popular cause like my gauge for is an anime popular is do normal people talk to me about it at work and oh the the, no one, the cultural cachet of Star Online's really fallen off. Um, but the thing that happened right now is they caught up enough to the novels where they have to do movies of the progressive books, which readapt the first season. Because if they did the se- a new season, they would run out of books to adapt. I learned mm-hmm. just yesterday that the, the progressive novels are actually canon. I didn't realize that. I thought it was yes. a new. I, no. they're, just, they're just filling in stuff that happened yes. off screen and, yes. uh, and the thing I, I learned was that that's true of the novels but the, the, the movies might actually make contradictions because you have to to have events happen and not just things happening between events yes. and, uh, seems like a fucking disaster but it does, mean, it does mean you get to see movie animation version of everyone yelling about Kirito for being a beater again and feel like your <laughs> mind is unraveling I bet it'll uh, use I two swords finish- though I did finish that uh, lit RPG book that I was reading before I got COVID. You finished that thing? Yeah. Can we uh, ride into fucking bed in the Red Dawn? Because I'm done. (laughs) Yeah. We can continue talking about it for another 45 minutes. Uh, We're not reading. No. So I guess. um... Watch for Ruin in the Red Dawn. No. (laughs) Do you have anything? Fly, you fools. I don't have a sign-off yet for this uh, podcast, so um, goodbye. Bye. Thanks for stopping. Bye. 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 <laughs>